Hello and welcome back to the Folk Podcast, episode 94. I do want to have a little advert here at the very beginning, not sponsored by anything more than what we already do. But uh, I just want to mention here at the very beginning that the Fellowship of Northern Traditions, uh, the community based around the wisdom of Odin, and of course this podcast as well, uh, is you know, full and swing. We have, we're having gatherings all over the place. Uh, we have quite a few gatherings uh, getting posted here very soon. So if you want to learn more about the gatherings we have a, as a community, uh, please head over to our website, which is just www.northerntraditions.org. Uh, I'll leave a link in the show notes as well if you want to check it out. But like just recently, we put up a Canadian gathering. So if you're a Canadian listener uh, and want to attend a gathering in November, we're having it in Ontario. So we would really love to have you at a gathering, but we have tons more coming up, including the Netherlands, uh, once again, and England. Uh, there's a Kentucky gathering coming up. Uh, we're about to have a Washington gathering. There'll be a few more for Yule, including a Texas one. So there's a lot of stuff coming up. So make sure you check that website out uh, and see if you can come to an event. Uh, we also have a, just like a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the community. It's really awesome. Uh, so we hope you check out the website to see what we have going on. But with that, let's get to the episode today. Uh, we have a couple of topics today because uh, Ian just decided to take a nap and instead of come up with a topic. <laughs> hey, listen, this is what happens when you when you reach 30 naps are even that much more important oh yeah yeah you get that creak in the back when you laid down yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah my shoot i went shopping with my family today and you know my dad's in his 50s and after we went to the shop he's like oh you guys tired me out today i need to go lay down <laughs> like we went to the store <laughs> you push Dude, I, the cart. <laughs> yeah i was like i was spent some time with my family on friday because my cousin from who's moving from Colorado, uh, was up here again. And, uh, yeah, my grandfather the same way. Didn't, didn't, he didn't do basically anything. This man took like three naps in like the five or six hours that I was up there. And I was just like, grandpa, how are you going to go to sleep with us? You know, time to go to sleep at night. He was napping all damn day. Um, so yeah, I kind of want to just jump right into this topic I wanted to bring up today, and I think it'll, it'll, it'll grow into a pretty good conversation as well. Um, when it can go a few different directions, uh, I was really reflecting on Midgard's bloat that's happening, you know, basically this past weekend and looking at all the pictures they posted up and it's just really cool uh, seeing that many people. I mean, not obviously not everyone is pagan there, but you're the least pagan adjacent or pagan interested if you're hanging out at Midgard's bloat. And the thing that was crazy to me is, you know, seeing the rituals that they performed. I mean, they use actual blood. You know, they're pouring actual blood on these god poles. People who are, you know, are allowed to go up and get the blood and put it all over their face. And, you know, and I, I have people there that I know. And I was like, is that actually blood? And they're like, yeah, it is. And, you know, but you got all the people hanging out there. You got Matthias Nordvig. You got uh, from the Nordic Mythology podcast as well. I know he was there. You got Einar Selvik, you know, of course, is there. Heilung and uh, a bunch of Nitland, a bunch of other mm -hmm. people there. And so it's like, looked like a really cool pagan celebration and it, it's made me really reflect on have we allowed paganism to get a little too soft and and i say soft in the sense that like we've made it too happy too nice like i think there is a component of that i mean obviously the fellowship of northern traditions the uh you know wisdom of odin these things are based around uh you know uh, fellowship and community uh but we do still have very serious rituals and i i, I worry that we have allowed ourselves to drift Maybe, you know, as a community, as a paganism, heathenry in general, maybe as allow ourselves to drift a little too much into, uh, you know, calmer practices. Because seeing that blood, I was like, whoa, that looks like some serious stuff, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I kind of wanted to open a conversation today and see what you guys thought as well. And then, of course, our listeners think about it. Is, are, are we letting paganism get a little too soft? 
I think I think there eventually there'll be a time and place to make it a lot more intense. I mean, we've had obviously like uh, throughout the community, you know, in this together that we put on, we've had you know intense rituals and stuff like that. Not nearly like you know Midgard's blow intense, but like we've had some pretty heavy uh, you know rituals that we've performed. Um, you know, compared to some of the, the majority, I think of what we do. Um, but I think I think it's it's something that I feel like eventually we I mean I feel like there's a time and place for it you know right. what I mean I feel like there would be a very particular you know time of the year a season or a particular ritual or a particular deity that would warrant something a lot more you know what would be considered intense or hardcore at that level um, or a bigger event so to speak because uh, yeah I've seen. Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff from Midgard's Blood. I also know somebody who is currently there. And uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy to like look at that. But like, it's funny because like I've seen the photos and everything. And at first I was, you know, at first I was kind of like, dope, cool. They've got blood. Like it literally didn't phase me at all at any point. No, it doesn't phase me at all either. But, you know, I was just like, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, but in my head I was like, that could be potentially questionable like here i don't know i think the states I mean, are very weird I think yeah because i'm picturing or if we had a gathering video where we had mm-hmm. actual animal blood and doing something identical to what they're doing at midgard's blood the amount of people that would be like oh my god what are you doing oh, you dude, we'd, have, we'd, have, we'd, have, we'd be on PETA's next fucking video right yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, they'd be yeah. on us they'd be like oh, look at these guys they're doing things again right. there's not again but you know they'd is crazy y'all are crazy if you remember <laughs> like yeah i'm all for uh, you know ethical treatment of animals but yeah. also like stop dressing up as a pig and trying to hand flyers to me yeah <laughs> but, like that's that's the thing i feel like here in in america at least i feel like it would be a little bit more of a which is kind of funny to say uh a little bit more um i don't want to say risky but it would definitely put a More very interesting yeah yeah and it would put a very interesting social target on you know the, like the the fellowship of northern traditions and like the, the community kind of as a whole in a way for certain other outside groups i feel like that would just have a field day with it whether it be another religious you know uh you know some very extreme like christian group that would potentially see it and lose their yeah like or... we, we have like 20 different people like groups and individuals and and organizations that i feel like would take advantage of that and see that yeah and use it you know oh they're cult-like oh they're hurting animals uh yeah. oh you know blah 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 you know x y and z like 20 different reasons they'd be like oh my god well you look at them uh you know yeah next, next but, thing you know they're like oh they're probably harboring guns and and drugs <laughs> you know like, let's right get, let's let's get another waco going <laughs> basically yeah and so i feel like i feel like maybe eventually that would be you know something that would be doable you know i feel like once it, uh you know once we as like a nonprofit and everything are a little bit more well established and you know uh, I would say around a little bit longer, I would say that that would be potentially something that would be relatively, it would be easier to pull off with as little backlash from whoever wants to pick a fight, basically, because that's this kind of time period as keyboard warriors. But I feel like, I feel like, you know, over there, it's 
it's such an old thing that's been going on. I mean, just in general, like within that region. I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah. And also people just really don't care what you truly think over there from what I've gathered. I, I would be curious to hear like normal, everyday, non-pagan Scandinavian, what they think of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be, but yeah, it's actually pretty good. That's actually a good point to see kind of what they think. Because yeah, it's in, I know Midgard's well, it's in Norway. I can't remember what town it's near though. Uh, yeah, I know I know it's not Oslo. I remember that. I no, know it's a smaller it's, town. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be very curious to see what they say. But I mean, if it's a, even if it, especially if it's a smaller town, put like basically hosting something like that, I feel like they're pretty okay with it for the most part. You know what I mean? As long as you're not, you know, going out into the town and getting all wacky and crazy with it, you know, right. I'm sure there's like, go do your thing and your, your little, your area. And then, you know, leave it at that. Nobody will bother you. We won't bother, you know, you don't bother us kind of a thing. I don't know. feels like that mutual, uh, you know, non-spoken agreement kind of a thing. I don't know, but that's my take on that. I think eventually we could, but not anytime yep. soon, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying as far as there's a time and a place for it. And I, I guess it's part of like why I've always been drawn towards more of like the primal uh, sort of rituals and focus on things. Um, which I mean, granted, we were like, we were pretty, like, really young as like a community and a, a group, like whenever I started doing it, like the first fall gathering, but still it was just a, a thing that I felt like, can, like, kind of drawn towards to, to do, because it was something that I saw as like, you know, a lot of people nowadays kind of, you know, we as, as, as like, not just as like a pagan group, but like people in general have like, so far secluded themselves from being like uh, how our ancestors were as far as like uh, being the more savagery. connected to the yeah savagery you know the primal sort of thing i don't mean that in a in a negative way yeah but right. but the, the the term savage was painted on pagans you know for those practices and so it's ingrained mm -hmm. in really the christian mindset that anything that's pagan is savage yeah yeah and most time you if you say like if, like if you say savage or something like that here in america most people will think back to like the times that we had like the indian wars and all that shit um, because they were painted as savages because they weren't Christian. Right. Um, but it, I felt like, I feel like it's always, it's an important thing for people to know that part of themselves. Myself. Yeah. And, and I was thinking too, like, uh, like uh, abroad, you know, now that I've traveled a little bit more, you notice here in the United States, everything has a damn warning label on it. You know, everything you touch, like, oh, this could hurt you. Like, oh, knife is sharp. Oh, scissors can cut you. Oh, you know, a coffee cup has to say, caution, hot, because someone poured coffee on them and was like, oh, they didn't warn me. It was hot. It's like, it's coffee. <laughs> what did you expect it to be? But like, literally, if you see a sign, a warning or a disclaimer, more than likely it's there because someone got sued. And so they started putting the, the, uh, those there in order to make sure they we were like, well, you know, we told them it was hot and they can't get sued, or at least it, it helps with the suit. And I do think that like the United States in general, now this is a, a broad statement, but I think in the United States in general, people are a lot more lawsuit heavy. People are always, mm. there's always someone looking for a lawsuit. Uh, this is something, you know, even in the restaurant business, when I worked in the restaurant business, that's why there's warnings on everything because people would intentionally go to restaurants to find flaws in their warning systems in order to hurt themselves to get sued uh, so they could sue the company. 
I mean, they literally had like, you know, people that would go in, make see if they were mopping or something like that. And if they didn't have a wet floor sign up, they would go intentionally like spill and hurt their arms so they could sue you. Like this is a literal thing that happens all the time across the United States. And I'm sure it does happen in Europe, but you don't see the warning signs everywhere. I was actually really surprised how little warning signs there were on certain things, you know, uh, like, you know, like there'd be like a massive water slide at this water park and they're like, I don't know, like go die or whatever. But, you know, in the United States, <laughs> we have like these 20 signs, you know, saying, oh, my God, oh, uh, you know, but like there it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, so I think, you know, people there, like, you know, we kind of mentioned before, it's like, I think people would just be like, oh, whatever. I don't care what they're doing up there. Uh, whereas here yeah. people are just a nosy or, you know, nosy in a negative sense that they're trying to like dig up shit, you know? Yeah. Mm. No, that sounds, that's, I feel like that's relatively accurate now that you kind of put it that way too. It's just like, yeah, nosy in a negative kind of, in a, in a way, instead of more of like a, a curiosity, there's yeah. curious and then there's nosy. Yeah. Like, you know, we buy some land, we build a hall and then we start doing stuff with blood, it would not take long for the locals to be like the Satanists on the hill. And then once that got stuck, they, you know, we could never get rid of it. Yep. Yeah, until like some actual like Satanists roll up and they're like, yeah, no, this is not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, especially if we ended up in some place that was like, I want to say like super heavily Christian, but anywhere that was, that was more old school or anything like that, like more and more than likely we're going to be labeled Satanists no matter how nice we are. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, we could literally like save like a kitten for a tree and they see like, you know, they're like, well, there's still those Satanists on the hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I do think that, you know, I, th I think we're hitting some good points here, like of why this exists and and why I think paganism in the United States has had to kind of take a step back on the aggressiveness of it because uh, Christianity is still so prevalent here. Uh, you know, and the, obviously there's other factors outside of Christianity, but Christianity is basically dead in Europe. Like less than half of the people that are adults alive in Europe today are practicing Christians. Uh, whereas in the United States, I think it's like 75% still are. Um, so I think it is a survival thing here in the States that uh, for the most part, we have to have to be a little bit more private with certain rituals uh, and certain things that people do. And so, you know, I guess the, the fear I have is that since paganism is going through this revival in the United States, and we have to be this way that we're actually allowing it to evolve into something that's maybe too soft and we need to you know make sure we keep it balanced and you know like ian said like understand that you know there's those things still exist for a reason and we you know need to work our way towards that a little bit yeah it's like this guy that i heard talk about like paganism as a staircase you know i take oh. one step at a time yeah, one step <laughs> oh. at a time. yeah. yeah. Uh, there's another guy that said something about a sandwich you know so right yeah. now we're on the meat stage and uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah but another thing i want to kind of throw in here as well is because uh, i'm noticing it with specific elements of paganism as well uh such as like odin i mm. i really you know th this is definitely a thing like I definitely want to say, if you see Odin in this very positive father-like image, I'm not saying you're wrong. You know, I believe you see Odin in this way, but historically, Odin is not this very positive image. Almost every piece of evidence we have about Odin is he was kind of an asshole. Uh, and he was very, very choosy about what who he took interest in and also what he wanted. And typically, he was a very selfish god in the sense that he only want to perpetuate what he wanted and, and seek knowledge for himself now yes he wanted to find ways to stop ragnarok blah 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 but he also bound fenrir because of that you know he's like mm, look at fenrir yeah tie him up because 
I think he's going to kill me one day. <laughs> and so like Odin to me is, it is, you know, as he's betrayed historically, is a very selfish deity uh, with selfish intentions. Now you get benefited if you help him with his goals. And I think, and that's the only reason he takes interest in humans at all is when they help him increase his own interest. And so I kind of see him 50-50 now, where I still see him as this mythological figure. He's definitely not the Christian God. He's not this happy, you know, golden light deity. He is a very dark deity that just also happens to be the leader of the Asgard, you know, the Asgardian, the Aesir. Yeah, I feel like, uh, uh, oh God, where was I going to go with this? Well, yeah, like you just said, like with the selfishness, that's what I was going with. Uh, you know, it's, if you just the baseline, you know, common knowledge that I feel like most people who have been doing enough of the basic research within like around Odin in general. I mean, obviously, just to go to Valhalla, just to basically be in his hall, you've got to die in battle. That is such a specific thing that like you have to do to be one of basically Odin's chosen. And that's not even a guarantee because if Freya wants you, you're you're hers you know right. so like it's such a it's such a super specific such a super uh you know like uh just yeah just such a super specific thing that it's just like if you don't well sucks suck you get to go you know you're going to helheim or to whatever other deities hall that uh you know you may have died in their their territory so to speak whether it's at the ocean, then Ron or Eggy are having your ass or... Well, the know. interesting one is like Thor, supposedly his hall, like, I, I I don't think it exactly says this, but a lot of people suggest that this is what it's mean, is all the servants go to Thor's hall or mm -hmm. something like that. I've um, heard something like that, yeah. It's yeah. like a lot of like the, the common working folks. So, so then, yeah. I haven't heard that one specifically. Yeah, it's uh, mentioned in Harbits the Old. Uh, mm like it mentions that odin's hall is full of servants i think i think it mentions that yeah like odin's hall is full of warriors and yours is full of slaves or something like that or servants um but yeah so i definitely you know I, i'm gonna attack go after something a little bit here and i have to very specify here that i'm not going against the idea of it just what the implications of it so very popular phrase is Odin is the all father, not the some father. Now, when it comes to race, I get why people say this, because most people say it when it comes to race, is that it, Odin is not specific on some, on the sum as far as race on who he chooses, you know, that he was the father of all, not the father of some. And so that's the connotation that people have been using it. However, I think this is also an incorrect statement because Odin typically was the you know the god of kings heroes and lords and people in high ranking positions historically and you know we see him very rarely interact with common folk he typically interacts with kings and lords again this is a historical example but it is what we know historically about odin and so and it's a common thing i would say in modern upg that he is a very particular deity a very choosy deity on who he works with and sometimes he completely just disappears and so the reason I, you know, I, I wanted to mention that with the all father, you know, some father, you know, not the some father, you know, he's the all father is like, yes, I don't think Odin cares about your race or your ethnicity, but I do think he is still very specific and choosy. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And like going back to the thing of where people see him as this like overall positive, like nice 
deity. Like, granted, whenever I first started working with him, he was not what I expected because all I had read at that point when I was still a baby pagan was that, you know, you have to be very careful with it. He'll take whatever he wants, uh, all this shit. And so, you know, it, in a way, like whenever I first gave that, that first offering to him, in a way I was intimidated and went like, you know, like you, you should be because of like the reputation that he has and the, the, what the history actually proves of him. But he was really, when I started working with him, he was like very patient with me and kind in a way that I was, I didn't feel like I was being forced at that time, like down any one path. But then after the first gathering, that's when I got smacked upside the fucking head and, you know, told to get to work. And I know I'd, I used our one word for this one. <laughs> I didn't think about for, it. Uh, for everyone wanting to know, I have had to get onto the boys here a little bit about our swearing because uh, the past couple of episodes, it's been a little thick. And, you know, personally, I think we should keep it as, ta- you know, we'll, we'll, we have conversations. We're candid. I get it. But at the same time, we got flagged for an explicit episode. So I was like, let's take, let's take it back a notch. You know, so uh, he just used our one F-bomb. Thank you, Caleb. I'm sorry. I'm doing better than I was. Yeah, yeah. I see you struggling, man. You're like, all right, how do I say this word without saying the word? <laughs> We're about to start dropping some fricks. Yeah. Frick, frack, feck. <laughs> <laughs> bringing the irish yeah yeah and i i i think you know i mean we we hear this frequently i mean i've heard it you know i've seen it and had conversations with individuals you know where yeah it's the the odin is the gandalf gentle grandfatherly individual and you know you, I mean, at least for me, and a wide majority of people that I that I know personally, I've talked to personally, you know, about their practice and their experience with Odin, it's usually not the case. It's, I feel like on the side of of intensity to gentleness, it's usually on the side of intensity, and right. so it is kind of you know, and like you said, Jacob, you know, like looking at things historically, like yeah, he was a he was a very relatively like particular deity of who he was really associated with and that, that was kind of a thing with a lot of the Aesir too it's not necessarily just Odin being one more of the the you know kings and lords and nobility it, a lot of the Aesir were actually were it was same thing with them as well because uh it, it was just you know because most of the Aesir if you kind of look at it they have a very distinct aspect of war or battle and and tacticians and things like that for quite a, for the majority of them i would think it's safe to say and that was obviously something that is viewed as somebody who has set abilities to do these things and that's usually people making those decisions are where nobilities lords kings etc so yeah it was the ac were definitely viewed more by that that group of people than you know like the common folk. i mean thor is obviously a slightly different because a lot of people would worship Thor because he is like that god of like right. I mean, there's the a reason heart. that Thor and Freyr are considered more of the deities of the common folk. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There is, there is, and there was a, there was a, a something that I read. I can't remember where it was from. I, I'll have to try to do some digging and try to find it. But it also kind of revolved like there was a lot more uh, worshiping of hell or just basically the afterlife. Uh, by either more of the common folk because most of the common folk were going to die of old age sickness you know x y and z not so much dying in battle so there is there's some very 
small areas that they're like archaeological finds and things like that that they have found that kind of suggested that but i have to i'd have to do some more digging as far as like where that information came from but it's something i've read a while like two years ago or so so it's a little foggy in my brain right now but yeah yeah well, it's i was just gonna say also with odin in particular um you know, just as stories alone, you know, one of the first things he does in the universe is remove his own eye to take a drink from a well. So he had to make a sacrifice uh, of himself to in order to gain wisdom. And then he has another story where he literally hangs himself from a tree pierced by his own spear, nearly at the point of death, just to learn the runes and magic. And so his entire like the entirety of his origin story is suffering. And so you follow a god whose origin story is suffering. And you think, there's going to be some suffering involved. <laughs> it wasn't like he took, you know, if you want the version of Odin that truly is like the happy-go-lucky version, look at Bragi. Bragi is like the embodiment of like the warmth of drinking, of celebration. He never leaves Asgard. It's literally what Loki says. He's like, you never leave Asgard, dude. And he's like, drink's too good. <laughs> you know, I think people, you know, go a little bit more towards that way. Uh, but yeah, like, look at what, like, even his children, like, a majority of his children have, like, a purpose, a usage. They're tools to him. Like, Volley. Volley's, he literally ran off. It was like, hmm, Balder died. Frigg, I must go have sex with a giant. I shall return. Goes, has sex with giant to produce a child to then go avenge the death of his other child, who was killed by his other child. Like, Volley's purpose was a vengeance. And so was Vidar's. Vidar's entire purpose yep was to sit around and wait for his father to die so he could avenge him. <laughs> yeah. So again, if yeah, his children I, I, are these purpose-based things, like he has these children literally for a singular purpose, he has interest in you, he most likely has usage for you and wants to use you for something. Yeah, I feel like that's actually a really, that's a really good way of looking at it. Because yeah, you're right. Like as you were th- like talking, about, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, no." Every single one of those children. Sorry, wife. Like... I must go bang a bang a giant real quick. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just like, yeah, and I mean, like, just from my own personal experiences, that that is what I have, you know, experienced. And I've only really had, I would say, realistically, maybe, yeah, no, just to just to stay stay safe with it, like two big experiences involving Odin and both of them have driven me to a purpose or a very specific thing and that's it it's not so much a uh uh you know oh I'm gonna give you sprinkle some little happy fun time stuff for you to kind of chase around for a bit and I'll sprinkle a little bit of more it's like no this is what you're this is what I have in mind for you go and do it I'm not coming around until you finish it and even then I might not even come around just go do this thing and I expect you to do it if not then well I'll go find somebody else, basically. Well, here's another thing. So with the Gandalf thing, actually Gandalf in the books, I would say is actually a little bit closer to Odin because he goes to this simple little town of happy little people with hairy feet. And he's like, hmm, <laughs> that wood right there. And then like literally goes up. It's like, hey, you're a thief now. Here's a bunch of dwarves. You're going on an adventure like to this hobbit that literally never wanted to leave. <laughs> like he did not want to leave. And he forced him to leave to go on this like perilous quest across the world with these dwarves. <laughs> you know, And like, yeah, Bilbo was thankful for it in the end. But he literally was removed from his comfort, sent on and away and said, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah know? he endured suffering yeah. for this one wizard who was just like 
what's up, homie? I got a job for you. <laughs> right. And you have no choice in this matter. You're going to sign this contract. And he kind of does the same thing to Frodo, too. Like, mm-hmm. Frodo a little bit more because of Pilbo, obviously. But still, like, hey, you're the great, uh, you know, the nephew of this guy I fucked over once. But he had a good time, so it's your turn. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, your, and your experience is going to be way oh, worse yeah. than his. <laughs> you're going to suffer even more. You have the fate of the entire world on your shoulders. Congratulations. Dude, he was even grooming Aragorn. Like... Mm-hmm. He literally was yeah. like, hmm, yeah, the Aragorn, I need to go find that dude so he can replace this other king because this other king was useless. That's literally something what Odin would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and honestly, too, like, reading the books compared to the movies, like, Gandalf himself is a lot more, like, harsher and stern. Like, obviously, in the movies, they made him a little bit more lighthearted, but, like, if you've read the book, he ain't always, like, all jolly and you know whatnot (laughs) well even that line i love like the you know you can only deal with what the time is given to you you know like you know all you know no one chooses to live in such times the only thing you can decide is to do what do with what you can do in the time that is given to you your base he's basically saying yeah life sucks man but what are you gonna do about it yeah (laughs) yeah pretty much dude yeah it's that's a really good way of looking at it yeah Look at, look at the deeper thoughts of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. I, and, I feel like I need a, a pipe and smoking it right now. Yeah, right. Where's now? Where's the pipe? <laughs> oh, fuck. Caleb, is that a pipe? Oh, no, that's just your mustache and your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so thick. It's so thick now that it just all blends together. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, did he just pull out a pipe during this conversation? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, and I agree, though. I think, and like you said at the beginning, like, it's not necessarily saying that anybody's experiences or interactions with them are wrong per se. It's right. just not, you know, necessarily what I would consider a a common thing. I think that kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier with kind of how we've had to kind of practice paganism in a in a softer way. Then you know, obviously, like Midgard and over in Nor- like Norway specifically, and like in Europe and everything like that. Um, so I think that's kind of where a lot of this is coming from: is the softer approach, the more gentler approach to things, because we have been having to do things kind of like in secret and not as loud, so to speak. I think honestly, Heilong is doing a, a good job at pushing that forward, of yeah. normalizing the primal. Uh, so that it's more common for people to do that kind of ritual. I mean, again, before Heilung, I never really even thought about doing a ritual the way I do a ritual. But the moment I saw them, I'm like, oh, you can do it like that. Because, you know, your example of past heathenry, you know, you look at examples of heathenry from the 90s, it's a pretty solemn thing. You know, you look at the people in Iceland, it is definitely not what happens in Heilung. You know, it's very, very <laughs> calm, collected, you know, very, you know, methodical the way they do things. Maybe they do something behind the camera a little bit more intense, but from what we've been given as a society, as a religion, up to the point of really high lung, was very reserved. And so I think now we're starting to see that that pushed of saying, oh, no, it's okay to get a little like, <laughs> you know, that's okay. And I think we're getting closer and closer to a reality where that's more normalized. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like we've kind of talked about it with like uh, our our post-gathering tradition of going to Cracker Barrel, you know, and there's anywhere from 10 to 15 of us that show up. Most of us still have half, you know, half of our, like, ritual paint is still somewhat visible. We're wearing 
bones and antlers like you roll with eric and that man like the, was Literally the last got a time. whole totem yeah he's got a whole totem like i think it was um oh the deer femur there, there well there was that and then there was the one i can't remember which gathering it was but basically he had like an entire spine like a necklace that of, was like, spinal for, for, that was when we went to uh the original gathering house. that's what i thought i was wondering second time. yeah it was like and the bones he that. found no yeah, no i, ma- I made oh, you made that yeah you i made that i wore it for the ritual and then i was like damn it this ain't for me and i looked at eric and i was just like and he he <laughs> almost yeah and he almost like we were while we were waiting for our table like we we're all outside eric had it on and we were all like why is everybody looking at us like obviously yeah we you know we get that a lot whenever we go there but then yeah eric was standing there was a literal like deer spine wrapped around his neck and he was like oh they're probably not gonna let me in with this so like yeah the oslets i yeah obviously i feel like a lot of us are, a lot, are normalizing a lot more and I'm, I'm starting to kind of pick it up a little bit as well just from kind of you know the some of the symbols and things i definitely pick up a lot more as far as like what people are openly wearing whether it's mjolnir's armbands uh you know tattoos and stuff like that like i said there's a i think i've mentioned it before but there's a guy that goes to the same gym that i do and he's got uh both of his arms are completely sleeved up and all of it is norse symbols just everywhere like there's you know the one thing that stuck out that stuck out immediately was a vague visir and that's what made me like look i was just like huh Okay, and then I was like, started like looking at his entire like a tattoo, and I was just like, oh, there's a lot in here. There's like ravens and all sorts of other stuff so in there. You're staring at other men in the in the gym for a long time. I'm hearing Ian. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a cool tat. But you know, and then like even and then was it yesterday? I happened to see a guy with a wolf nut tattooed on his neck, and I was just like, huh. Neat. Well, yeah, I was uh, like, I was at the store today, and I saw like a redneck very clearly a redneck with um like a deer skull picture on his shirt and it was very aggressive deer skull and it was very much for him like hunting it was like him hunting and so again i think like the redneck image which rednecks are typically the most like virtuous christians anymore of defending you know guns gods and glory or gun god and glory uh but we'll change that to gods uh so i think rednecks are just primed to become pagan because the, they, you know, we talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, and same thing, with the, same thing with the blood. Like, you know, if you hunt a deer, you got you got to gut that son of a bitch. You got to get the blood out. And so things like that are not taboo to them. You know, if anything, tab, you know, blood is more taboo to city folk nowadays. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, I remember one of the first hunts that I went on when we killed a deer. I think I believe it was my cousin killed him. Like, one of the first things we did was like, we started marking each other's faces up with the blood. Because that's just a thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, ha, ha, come here. As you're like, oh, no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't playing around. It wasn't playing around or anything like it. It was just, I don't know, like a different part of a different part of our brain got switched up. We just started like making more space of blood. Oh, yeah. So it was. more ritualistic almost in a way but yeah well yeah like uh like alone when i watched alone i'm watching like the current season of alone right now that's on netflix and like a guy kills a deer and like very clearly this guy is like pretty straight narrow like country guy and he kills a deer and he's just like i have never been so thankful for a deer and he's just sitting there so thankful to be eating this thing and like harvesting the parts and all this stuff and it's like that relationship of your food to you is so much more spiritual when you have to rely on that food to survive uh versus you know again and i don't want to put all the weight on city folk here but as soon as i said it i realized 
maybe this is why we have more of a taboo issue with some of the more primal pagan stuff is because it's very far removed from someone living in a skyscraper. So they see right. that stuff and they're like, oh my God, the savage. Yeah, people have become, yep. you know, the modern human has become, you know, in quotations, more civilized because right. people, you know, if you look at the mass population of just people in general, the majority of humans and humanity as a whole are living in massive cities. Yeah, I think it's two thirds of the world now live in cities. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's a gross number. <laughs> I don't like that. That and I believe, me. like, I believe we've talked about it before. Like maybe on one of the other episodes where we talked about like ancestry and stuff like that. But like small rural areas, especially like the one that I come from, they're very kind of like clan orientated. Not in the same sense that like Scotland was with like the the structure. But, you know, like you have these very, very large family groups and everybody knows like everybody has a reputation for their family type of deal. And so that's something that's very not not very common anymore, except for those rural areas like that. And maybe some places in Europe, perhaps. Well, yeah, well, I'm sitting here in this apartment complex like there's 30 people that live in this one building. I don't know a single one of their names. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's like, you know, that's a good, like, how much you were saying, kind of like the rural areas and people knowing each other and like their families. The longer, like, I've been living in this part of Minnesota now that I've been back, the more I'm starting now, especially as an adult, to understand how, like, not necessarily influential, like, my family specifically is, but like how much involvement they've had with a lot of people. So, like, when I went to go get my new vehicle that I got last week, the owners of that dealership were students of my grandfather when they were going through the, the like when my grandfather taught biology at the science school in North Dakota and I was just like what and then one of the other salesmen went to high school with my mom and so like there's already like my grandparents like oh did you talk to so-and-so from that dealership they might have gotten you a good deal I was like no because I didn't know this I didn't know like you know that level of like influence or like that impact that like my grandfather has and like you know we've always joked we can't take him anywhere without him running into like t at least 10 people that he knows whether they were students or he just knows them because his family has been here forever he's been here forever you know and it's just like that and he had a, a large impact on the community as a whole by being a a teacher at at the science college and so yeah. it's just like it's weird to think about, you know, like that kind of thing. And so like, yeah. But imagine how he feels. Like imagine if you were the same way, you were walking around the town and you kept seeing people that you know, and you're like, oh, like, I think that would be a good feeling because we, we don't oh, have that much. It. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It gives you a minor celebrity mindset, I think. Yeah, exactly. And like you go to, uh, you know, I've lived in relatively big cities where, you know, I don't know anybody, you right. know, and it's weird. Like everybody is a stranger for the most part, except in like your very small circle, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, like that sense of community is non-existent. You know, like I have been to New York City, absolutely hated it. Like, yeah, it was cool. I can say that I've been there, hated it. Too many people. Everybody is just like, you know, unless you're there with like a small, like I was there with um, family at the time. And like, you know, besides them, like obviously you're not communicating with anybody like everybody's just like beelining for where they need to go and there's just no like real sense of community within a large city unless it's in like a very specific neighborhood or like, a very specific like whatever right. but like other than that like nothing but then yeah you come to more rural towns and stuff like where i'm at and yeah everybody is like relatively nice like i'm you know i know a few people within this like around town here and there's people that i 
known for a long time. I just didn't realize that's who they were because they've been around since I was like a kid, you know, or they, they were friends with my grandparents. I'm like, oh, I know who you are and I've seen you around town. I didn't know that we had like this kind of like connection with our families or whatever, you know, but. I think this is a good transition over to what Caleb was kind of wanting to talk about yeah. today. And we have about 15 more minutes left anyway. So Caleb, do you kind of want to talk about, I figured you want to talk about the experience you had today, right? Yeah, it was, um, it was different than any time that I've ever went back uh, to whatever, to like where I consider home um, because it's the area that I was, I was born and grew up in like 90% of my family uh, still lives there or died and is buried there. Um, but like, and possibly this is because like, I didn't wear any of my normal stuff. Like I didn't wear my oath ring. I didn't wear my uh, gun gear or my uh, prayer beads. But the moment that like we entered uh, Dickinson County and we, we went from like one side to the other, because like we, we came in from a back way that's quicker uh, from where we live to the, where my grandparents are. But it was like this increasing thing of like, I don't know. Uh, I was just very emotional today around every single little thing. I never did break down and like start crying or anything like that, but it was just, it was always kind of there um, where kind of, if you ever feel like you're on the verge of breaking down, I guess, like you kind of feel like the stuff's kind of welling up, but you're not to the point where it makes your voice sound off or weird. Um, and then while we were at my grandparents, I spent like half the time, um that you know when i wasn't talking to my grandparents about stuff whenever they were trying to rest or whatever um just like wandering around looking at all the pictures that they had of like my great grandparents and my great uncles and my great great uncles and aunts and things like that and just i don't know it's like, it's like i just kept searching for stuff i'm not sure exactly why um and then as we were leaving the the feeling of that uh of like the you know like that, that breakdown sort of like coming up just kept getting stronger especially as i passed things that like i knew that for example like uh we were passing this one road that was on the left uh, on our way out before we got to clintonwood that was called rush creek and i knew from back when my grandfather was teaching me how to drive uh that we took that road up there and i had to tell my wife that like uh when we went up there he told me that you know my both my father's family and uh I believe it was either his father or his grandfather both had like little homesteads up there in little farms back before they moved to more of their current locations or where they went afterwards. And it was just little things like that the entire way up. Um, and then like once we got to the edge of Dickinson County, like once we finally crossed the Quaz, it's you could I could feel it like slowly start to like come back down. And it took me like the rest of the drive to get to where I was like feeling OK. Um, where I, I didn't have that like strong emotional feeling anymore. And then I was talking to Jake about it beforehand. And I, I think it's like what we ended up coming to was like, you know, there's probably only 15 or 20 people that I know of that I'm clo like closely related to, you know, out of like my, uh, you know, my, uh, my parents and uh, my, my grandparents, like, you know, between their, their brothers and sisters, of, you know, my grandparents and my parents that I probably only got 15 or 20 people that I'm closely related to, to live outside of that county. Everybody else was there or very close to it. And I don't know, there's just a lot of, a lot of old energy tied up there for me, I reckon. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's that like natural sense of home. And, mm. you know, I, I definitely, I definitely get where you're coming from with that, like with having moved back and, 
you know, like I was, I kind of mentioned just briefly earlier, like my cousin who has, who was born and raised in Colorado is now basically taking, is moving, has been moving his family uh, up to this area. Not quite like here specifically, but within an area, like close enough, like only four hours away. So still within the area that like everybody else, including his mom, my mom, you know, my other aunt, you know, everybody for the most part has come from and has been, you know, in this area for such a long time, you know, and even now, like, he's being drawn to it. Like, him and I actually had this conversation um, several months ago when he had just come up to visit, and he said that, you know, he was planning on moving out of, De like, out of the Denver area and moving up here, and, you know, that's kind of something that we were talking about, you know, it's just everybody, for the most part, like, there's a few of us within the family who have, like, left, and for the most part, there's really only you know, just his mom is really the only person who hasn't actually moved back, um, you know, for to come back to this area. But for the most part, everybody else is either they haven't left or they have left for some time, like myself, and then they came back. So it's, it's, it is a very interesting, and it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. And it's kind of hard to, like, it, it, I can tell, like, you know, it's difficult to describe, because it's one of those things, like, it's one of those things like the best way to, to explain it is like if you know you know you know like, it's just it's mm -hmm. so hard to kind of pinpoint like the emotion that you feel because I definitely felt it when I first came back and because I hadn't been you know back here for oh god the last time I was I would have been here would have been 2016 and then I ended up moving back in like 2000 yeah 2021 this was past year you know so that's uh five years that i hadn't been back but even in the time that i was there like i had come back in 2016 i was only here for like four days so that's not enough to really like reconnect because you're so busy but now like and i wasn't like i was moving back and so realistically like it's been since i had joined the military and everything and then coming back i was just like damn like everything feels like this feels like home no, yeah, I've I've contemplated like moving again potentially and going someplace else just to try to just to be somewhere new, but not necessarily move super far away from it. Like I am not not moving back to New Mexico anytime soon. I tell you that much. <laughs> what you don't you don't miss the you don't miss the desert? No, dude. I spent <laughs> a lot of time in deserty climates. I think I've had enough for at least four lifetimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you just like hate sand because it's coarse and gets everywhere? <laughs> yes. Come on, let, let's yes. hear your Anakin backstory. Yes. Yeah. Right. You I hate dark side. Yeah. Right. I hate Baby sand. Out. I will murder children one day. Do you want to be my uh, wife? <laughs> do you want to be my wife? <laughs> murder younglings. I have yeah. anger issues, and I'm ten years younger than you. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm edgy. Yeah. yeah. You remember when you were like twenty and I was eight? Let's get back to those times. Yeah, I've got, I've got, mom, I've got both mommy and daddy issues. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, um, God. Yeah, and like, I guess the, the thing I can add here is kind of what I was talking about, you know, before we started the podcast today was the, you know, I've been back to the family holler, and it's just such a weird experience for me because I, I really had never had a connection to that. Uh, you know, I grew up in Ohio because my grandfather moved up there, and, of course, my father was born there and met my mother. But both of my family lines come from Kentucky, come from actually the same area of Kentucky and Manchester. Uh, luckily, I don't think there's too much uh, of a cousin mix in there, but I think they're on <laughs> the other sides of the river, you know, so. 
but it is wild. Like my families are uh, both are from around Manchester, Kentucky. Like my mom's side of the family a little bit further east, and my my father's side a little bit in Manchester proper, but still not very big areas. And so to actually go through those areas and hear my mom point out places like, oh yeah, that's where we used to play. That's your grandma's house right there. That's this whole family line. It's so weird uh, because I've been so I was so disconnected from that when I first heard about it. And uh, it was definitely a weird sensation. I would be curious to go back there by myself and just try to do some ancestor work because it's it's really beautiful there. Uh, it's just Kentucky poverty. You know, it's just there's no escaping once you get out into the eastern hills. It's just it's so impoverished out that way. And that's one of the reasons that actually I do want to stick around. Uh, you know, I have the opportunity to move to Europe if I wanted to. But like, I feel such a deep rooted connection to make the place my family comes from better. Mm hmm. I like that. I respect that. That's definitely, I can, I like, I never initially like intended on staying where I'm at, you know, city wise, but the longer I have stayed here, just because of circumstances, I, I'm like, you know what? I, I enjoy, like, there's something about this area that I do like, you know, and I don't, I wouldn't mind staying here um, and kind of continuing that, uh, you know, legacy of the family, like basically being, birth so just like both figuratively and literally like around here how long has your family been there i mean literally since they migrated to the united states probably basically basically yeah yeah so like yeah my great-grandfather was born in this area so his you know my great-great-grandfather and great-great-grandmother would have been here yeah basically yeah essentially my family's been in this part of minnesota since they came over yeah like both sides of the family have been like that. Very few, you know, individuals of the family have, you know, like distant relatives. Sure, they may have gone off and done other things, but even then, like all of like my grandmother's uh, siblings, all still within like a four hour radius of like this area, you know, like it's not very far to get to any of them. Most people have not gone further than, uh, uh than like the twin cities area and then like really no further like western you know as far as north dakota's were re like involved to past bismarck you know like the only one that i can think of off the top of my head is my great aunt well yeah i guess you technically have to be my great aunt because my, gra my grandmother's sister on my dad's side basically lives in phoenix uh but she only lives there during the winter and then you know she's up here during the summer because she's you know she lives that snowbird life but for the most part like even then she still comes back to this area so yeah my family's been in this in this area for a very 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 long time and it's it is yeah i guess i never really truly realized that especially as a teenager you know and now as an adult i definitely in my with the pagan practice and everything thrown into perspective i think it adds that extra like the extra appreciation you know and like i said with like regarding to caleb's you know that feeling it's it's a very yeah unless you unless you've experienced it you know it's very hard to explain exactly what it feels like well and more thoughts on like uh you know because we kind of suggested here at the very beginning the idea of uh like european being a little different getting away with like the blood and stuff like that uh and it's like 
it's so inherently different to be an American pagan than it is to be a Scandinavian or a European pagan in general, just because the entire identity of what it is to be an American is different. Like we're just different culturally and, and traditionally, uh, whereas the religious beliefs are the same as someone from Scandinavia. So while we may differ on some cultural things and things like that, at the end of the day, we're trying to worship the same gods because we're getting the same things out of it. But, uh, you know, it is just different to be pagan here because all three of us have actually very similar, uh, you know, things when it comes to family. You know, our families migrated here and then they stayed there. And so we have places where our families are from. Like, okay, we can say like your family's from Norway. Caleb, yours is most likely from Scotland and Germany. I can say mine's from, you know, Denmark and Germany. But at the end of the day, our family history that we know is tied to the United States still. So it's just, yeah. it makes it very different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it would, I it couldn't. Right. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I couldn't agree more. Yes, I see. Uh, it's the end of the episode. Dude, it's like, dude. No, she's always. I swear, I'm gonna mark it down. 52 minutes. That's when she sneaks in. So I think it's. I think it's gonna be 52 minutes each time. Yeah, but I couldn't agree more on the whole thing of like. It's, what? Yeah. Don't play with those. You'll cut yourself. Um, but I couldn't agree more on the the whole thing of like the family that we know it, it's but okay give me a second <laughs> little, little do we know Caleb like secretly texts Hammer and it's like all right it's gotta keep with this 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 new routine <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to start working that and see just exactly when uh she actually shows up time timeline wise. dude i think it's pretty much on point every <laughs> single time <laughs> <laughs> oh but as i can get back to what i'm saying now she goes back downstairs how did you get rid of her i just asked her to nicely i just asked her nicely oh look at that she was, she's, like, she's getting older yeah hurry caleb, get your words in get your words in caleb <laughs> here's the footsteps um, they're coming yeah, no, she's going down the stairs. I can, there's a difference between they get louder as they come up. Um, but I couldn't agree more on the, the the thing that you were saying as far as like you know we know where our families came over there at least you do when you start doing you know the the ancestry and the genealogy and all that. But it's I couldn't I could not imagine the area. And I'm, I'm sure I've said this like half a dozen times since I started talking about ancestry again, like the last few episodes we've had. But I couldn't imagine leaving the area that you know that my family has pretty much been in since about 1700 and you know I, I want to go and see and try like go to the places that i know that we came from but i'm i'm sure that it would be just as powerful an experience um as i've had back home but I don't know. I'm at a loss for words after all that. I had a good thing I was going to say in my head. But, like, but the, 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 the next generation came and distracted you. Exactly. But the last thing, last thing I'll say is like, it's, if you have, you know, if you have kids young and you still have like, your grandparents alive, I think it's so important to take your kids to see their great grandparents because it's a feeling that I, it's, it's difficult for me to describe. Um, I don't know. There's just this. It's like it's it's like hey, it's a happiness thing, but it's more than that. Um, I'm not sure the exact ways to describe. But I think it, like, do you think it's better for the grandparent or for the child? At the age that my children are now, they won't 
remember their great grandparents. Yeah. But uh, I, off of what I know of, like, it's definitely more for the great grandparents. It's definitely more for them. Um, like I said, at 100%. Because um, I know that, like, I knew mine up until, I knew my great grandmother up until um, 2001. So I was six. And I don't, re- I remember what she looks like. I remember going to see her. I do not remember what her voice sounded like. I don't have that many memories over it, except for her being sick towards the end of her life. Um, now, my, uh, my great grandfather, I remember seeing him some, but this was after he'd already died once and they brought him back. And from what I understand, he was never the same person again. So all my memories of, of him are after he'd already died once and was dead for, I think, five minutes, 10 minutes, something like that before they actually got him back. Um, and so he was a very different man that I remember versus what my granddad says about him and the experiences he had with him. Um, uh, but what I was getting at with uh, base, as long as like my, my grandparents don't have any like, ex- like crazy health things happen, they, my kids should live long enough or my, they should live long enough for my kids to remember them in better detail Yeah, than I yeah. remember mine. I, I, I think my grandparents, uh, the, the set that's still alive, are trying to hold out for me to have children. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure they, like, they'll see the baby and they'll be like, I can die now. Because <laughs> they talk to me all the time, they're like, "I can't wait to see your kids, Jacob," and I'm just like, "Ooh, I feel like I need to hurry up on here." Well, at the same time, I'm like, "Maybe this is what's keeping them alive. Maybe if I just don't have children, they'll just keep going." <laughs> right? They'll be like old, withered old like lady from like I'll come to Bob. visit, and they'll be like, "Do you have kids yet?" <laughs> just a spine with a head on it, like SpongeBob. Like I remember, like, like I think. I think the first, <laughs> I think the first picture that uh, is that was taken of me um, with my great grandparents on my mom's side was because um, I was born like three or four weeks before their their fiftieth wedding anniversary. So they're like their their golden anniversary or is it silver or the gold? I gold. Can't what, yeah, but their their anniversary pictures was them holding their great grandson. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and I, I was like, that. oh yeah, I'm sure they did. And I'm in like, obviously, I can't remember that, but I'm sure that they were so ecstatic and so happy. And, you know, that meant the world to them. And so yeah. I'm glad that I was able to do that. I'm able to do that for my, my grandparents. So, you know, I love so much. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, kind of seen that like with my cousin, because he's got three kids and they're all of various ages. His oldest is six and his youngest, or, oh yeah, it goes six, four and two. Um, you know, and the, the four and six year old obviously are going to have, you know, very prominent memories of their great grandparents. Obviously, his youngest is barely, you know, she's barely got eight teeth sticking in there out of her mouth right now. So she's not going to remember anything, you know, I doubt, you know, unless, you know, like I said, my grandparents, my family has a tendency to live forever for some reason. So I'm kind of still Ew, trying to really figure... stuck with you for a while, aren't we? Oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> just to kind of put it into perspective for like the audience and everything like that so my great-grandfather so my my grandfather's dad on my mom's side would be 103 years old okay our our family average is 95 plus so like y'all are in the ground when i'm in my 70s so y'all are (laughs) stuck with me for a hot minute (laughs) it all depends on which one if my mom's side takes priority or my dad's side because it's my dad's side i'll probably be dead by 60 my mom's side i probably live to my 80s 
Yeah, I think that's about the same <laughs> for me. My grand, my mom's side of the family, they live in their 80s to early 90s. And then my dad's side's like, 72? Well, that's my time, boys. <laughs> 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 yeah so like yeah both of my both of my family like sides of my family are 90s average and like they start to have act like they start to have problems in their 80s but then they still get they're still able to for the most part dude how crazy is that to think though like you know you're in your 80s and you're like i still got 20 more years yeah <laughs> that'd be wild it's, man it's it's not so i'm saying I'm, I'm convinced that somewhere down my family lines somebody made a deal with some eldritch monstrosity that i haven't figured out yet and I'm just waiting for it to be like, oh, your family did this. Your great, 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 great grandfather so-and-so made this blood pact with me. Guess That's what? Cthulhu. It's your turn to own up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you must well, give me your firstborn child. Yeah, well, on his blood, family blood pack with the Eldrix demon, I think it's time we need to end this episode. <laughs> uh, so, thank you all so very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you know, it, it, again, as always, it takes a, a new life as we talk about several different things nowadays. But I hope hope the variety keeps you interested. So, thank you all so much for for listening to these episodes. Seriously, it never stops how much praise we get from the podcast. In fact, I think I get more messages about the podcast nowadays than I get about the the YouTube channel. So thank you all so very much for listening to these episodes. And again, make sure you check out uh, northerntraditions.org for upcoming gatherings, including the most recent one in Canada that just got posted. Other than that, thank you all once again. And until the hall, let's go.